Hey everyone, this is Ali. Before the start of the episode, I wanted to let you all know that this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is a great resource for a bunch of audiobooks and podcasts and a bunch of other audio content. And now, with our deal, you can get two free audiobooks and a 30-day free trial with the ability to cancel any time. And the way to do that is to go to wehavethefacts.podbean.com and click on the Audible banner. You can also go to our Twitter or Instagram, at thefactspod, and click on the link in the bio there. That'll also send you to Audible, to this offer, and it helps us keep the show going. So if you have ever considered joining Audible, I'd say give it a try. Do 30 days. If you don't like it, cancel it. You don't lose anything. You support our show, and you get two free audiobooks. I've personally been using Audible for four or five years. I have a bunch of fiction books from Douglas Adams and Philip K. Dick and Tolkien, and then I have a bunch of nonfiction novels by some of my favorite comedians, like Aaron Gibson's Feminasty, or Amy Poehler, or Tina Fey, or Mark Maron, etc. Also, a lot of great writers like David Sedaris and John Ronson. So I really recommend you guys jump on Audible, get two free books, whichever ones you like, just go through our link that's on wehavethefacts.podbean.com, click on the Audible banner, or go to at the facts pod on Twitter or Instagram and click the link in the bio. And enjoy. All right, um, on with the show. Friendship. I'm your host, Ali Abdulatif, and with me as always is my co-host and sometimes friend, Justin Taji. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, so we're back. Yeah, and this week we are talking about the seminal album, Alligator. Also this week, George is not here to just, like, fucking drop shit and, like, talk shit about everyone. And, <laughs> and just be weird. I don't know. Last uh, time George was on the podcast, it was very weird. Yeah, I'm sure he's also listening to this right now in the future and texting me angrily that we're shit-talking him. That is true. He does listen to all the episodes. I do not listen to any of the episodes. You, yeah, you've not heard a single episode, I don't think. I listened to the interview ones just to see how they came out. Yeah, meanwhile, I have to sit down and edit them all. Yeah, but if you didn't have to do that, you wouldn't listen to them either. Oh, 100% not. No, this is gross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are horrible. Uh, I honestly, anyone that listens to this podcast really deserves an award. Yeah. Uh, okay, so before we get into the, the thing, let's let's talk nonsense. Uh, this nonsense, a little bit heavy. I wanted to mention the, the Ryan Adams thing that happened like the day after we recorded the last episode. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's not great. (laughs) No, so for those who don't know, Ryan Adams, a musician I was not totally familiar with, but I guess everyone else kind of knows who he is. I, I, I don't know how to say it. Uh, (laughs) He's someone you used to be a fan of, uh, before you, you had learned the, the recent events. Yes. This is fair. Yes. Yes. I was a pretty big fan back in the day. Yeah. 
Um, but he had there a lot of allegations of abuse have come out of, by his ex-wife Mandy Moore, a wonderful actress. Uh, also, other musicians like Phoebe Bridgers and several other people. Uh, allegations of abuse and um, sexual misconduct, I guess. Yeah, I mean the big ones are the underage ones. Yes, there were several that's, underage that's women like... who he solicited pictures or um, I think even sex from. Yeah, and uh, the FBI is actually looking into it, so. Yeah, I also learned that the Phoebe Bridgers song, um, Emotional Killers. Emotion Sickness, is about him. Yeah, I didn't realize it was about him either. Well, but, I mean, like, the lyrics make so much reason. sense spot on now, and, like, I yep. can't hear it the same way anymore. I mean, hey, man, she wrote a, she turned it into art, and that's what you gotta do. You gotta turn tragedy into art, and that's what uh, she chose to do with the with the thing. It is very brave of her to come out. Also, it is very brave of Mandy Moore to come out and talk um, on their platform to give the lesser-known people um, uh, have their voices validated. Yeah, we, we always stand uh, with the women, and we stand with these wonderful, talented women, especially in this situation. That um, It's fucking awful, and fuck him. Yeah, no, he is shitty. Um, the the another person who just recently, uh, who I pr- really like, uh, Jenny Lewis. Not that she did anything bad, but she actually came out and said um, that she stands with the women, even though she has a very long working relationship with Ryan Adams. Oh, is, is that true? Yeah, like her latest record that's about to come out in March. She he produced it. And he recorded at her studio. Mm-hmm. So at his studio. So, I mean, he is a pretty famous like, like he does like write a lot of songs for artists and all these other things. So it is very interesting. Um, from what I hear, the record is. I mean, I pre-ordered it. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, not that I really want to listen to it now, but uh, from what I hear, all of his stuff is getting pulled off a of realtor. Uh, um, uh, whatever, like distributors and stuff like that. Now, question for you, Ali. I'm curious what your thoughts are about artists that go through this sorts of thing, like kind of like R. Kelly and stuff like that. Do you feel that Spotify has an obligation to pull down their music? Okay, that's that's actually pretty interesting. No, I think people have an obligation not to listen to those artists. But you don't think that Spotify has an obligation? Well, to pull here's down the thing: I kind I kind of don't believe in companies. Like, I don't believe that they have a moral compass. I don't believe that they will ever do the good thing or the right thing. And that's why I don't hold them to the standard. That's not true at all. That's not true at all because there's record labels that let go of artists because of this kind of shit. And that's wonderful and awesome, and I applaud those specific like record companies. But I also know that it's like hard to demand from an entity that only exists for profit to also have a moral compass. And I just, uh, I mean, I would love for them to, to be like, Oh, if you're that terrible of a person, you get thrown off of Spotify, but I know that'll never happen. I know people though. And I know people could come to, yes, this is a terrible person and I will no longer support this person. And like, that's how you make money. You make money from the listens, not from just being on Spotify. No. And that's fair. I'm, I'm just curious though. Like, you know, um, with these sorts of things, because I do know that some artists have been pulled off of um, Spotify for uh, like really extreme cases and also um, uh, uh, of abuse and stuff. And also for um, uh, a hate speech. But that's obviously a totally different thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's so. also here's the other thing is I don't like 
companies have being the arbiter arbiters of morality. Like I don't like them being like this is what we consider hate speech because then they could like flip it and something that I think by proper wisdom or judgment would not be considered hate speech they will then frame as hate speech. I mean that's fair. And I, um, I just I just don't like having them have that power or that you know. Well, I mean, I guess that comes all into the whole thing about, like, Facebook and how, like, Republicans and really, really far right-wing people really um, always criticize Facebook for only attacking them and not the other side. And now they – now Facebook is trying to take down things from the far left just to try to even up the score just to make it seem like they're on the good side. Meanwhile, like, Facebook is also infested with, like, bots that are promoting, like um, – hate agenda and like you know no i'm not saying they're right in any means i'm just kind of proving a point uh adding to your point that like there's a that's an entity that does that kind of thing when did this show get like heavy and political and we talk about things actually i don't know man i don't know uh, can't we just talk about like i don't know like are you excited for captain marvel uh I, i am excited um good i actually thought it was an interesting point that um the director told her to smile in a shot or something like that and then they said that like uh no one like no one asked like captain captain america to smile or whatever just because whatever so i don't think it was the director i think there was an image that the first image put out yeah the first image put out for her was an image of her frowning and everyone was like oh why doesn't she smile more why is she so grumpy and every and then someone on the internet like photoshopped every other superhero smiling and how weird it looks. Yeah. So, um, no, but I think Brie Larson also said, like, she did even say something like, well, well like Captain America is not smiling in fucking photos. Like yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, I mean, one thing I will say, I was watching real time with Bill Maher and, um, he had John legend on as like the guest at the end. And, um, he was talking about how they were talking about the music business and how it's the next, thing to get like um hit with the me too movement but like and they were even trying to they were even saying it's like it's one of those things that like it is so synonymous with that like uh, if anybody thinks that just like the acting and, and movie world is synonymous with me too fucking the music industry is on a whole nother fucking level yeah there has been like a large uh history of abuse and sexually abusive behavior in the music industry and when the me too movement started a while ago um i think a lot of people were eyeing the music industry and seeing when it was going to actually when a lot of artists musical artists day of reckoning would come and i think we're starting to get into that point right now where we're starting to really see uh, a lot of big yeah, names but that... yeah, we're starting to see though. But like, let's talk about fucking okay. Here's a band that both you and me like. Let's talk about Zeppelin. Fucking thirteen year olds in their plane. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, like, but like that's that. This but is you the conversation. can't. It's it's also hard to now have a retroactive conversation about bands or artists that are no longer alive. It's it's hard to then. They're all alive. They're not all alive. John Bomb's the only one that's dead. He was the heart and soul of Zeppelin. Zeppelin stopped existing when he stopped existing. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but that's not, that's not the point. The point is that um, I think it, it's hard to like look that far back now. And especially with like no people that are like actively 
coming out and speaking out being like, I was a 13 year old. This happened to because of this or whatever. It's, it's kind of a lot harder because we know that a lot of this stuff happened, uh, but it's, it's hard to put it into context now. It's like, yeah, I'm, the same thing I mean, exists my... with a lot of like abusive uh, artists from the past or like whether they're actors or musicians like uh, Lennon or whatever. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I'm just saying it's an interesting conversation to have like what we do with all these people in the past because of these sorts of behaviors. And then you have modern artists that are like, well, look at them. You know what I mean? Like they fucking did whatever. Well, that's that. No, so. we can't play the what ifism game. Okay. Like it's important that right now, uh, abuse is like stomped out and like fought against and uh, and we have a, like a zero tolerance policy it doesn't matter where who got away with it quote unquote got away with it no no but i'm just you, 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 i'm not saying it's right or wrong i'm just saying that there there's going to be a discussion of this sort of thing so i mean i, uh, I think the discussion's already like alive and i think it's more pertinent to discuss current events and uh, like abusers that are currently out there conducting this kind of things like I, Ryan Adams that are like preying on young artists and, and young fans. Anyway. Um, all right. I guess I'll just come back. Um, okay. So I guess that enough for the heavy shit. Wow. Let's, we, yeah, we have like the longest a- album ahead of us. So let's jump into alligator. Yeah, that was uh, very heavy. Let's uh, talk about Alligator. What are your thoughts, Ali? Okay, so Alligator's an album that I sort of enjoy. Like, I don't know that much Like before starting to listen to it for this episode. I didn't know like a shit ton about it. Um, it's not like my necessarily favorite album. It has a lot of songs that I really love off of it. And songs that, now that I've re-listened to it a few times, I've grown to love as well. But, like, it, it kind of, I think this album perfectly um, encapsulates that, like, the beginning of what we now call, like, the national sound or, like. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the lead up record to um, the, like, like Boxer, because I would consider Boxer, like, the start of the golden age of the national. You know what I mean? Okay, I think this is the start of the golden age. But I don't think it hits it as well as Boxer. I think Boxer is just like but a refined version. That's what I'm saying. I think this is. I think this is. This is the the prequel. This is the Hobbit. This is your Hobbit, and then you got the trilogy coming up. You got fucking the Fellowship, and you got the best one, which is the High Violet, and then you got Return of the King, which is fucking uh, Trouble Will Find Me. Okay, okay, we'll stick. We'll stick with your uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings analogy, I guess. <laughs> well, we're nerds, so we got to do it. Um, but anyway, uh, I mean, I mean, all in all, in all, I mean, I think this record is very good. I think it's definitely a step above what they've done at this point in their career. Um, they really go for it. I don't think that the music is necessarily this song. The song structures don't really change that much on this record, and they also kind of stay the same sonically. So it's a little less, but they kind of lean on. This is the first record to lean on Matt's vocals the most. Yeah, and I think and it's like, it, it, but it adds to like the fact that, and it almost if he didn't step into his own on this one and really come through with like the confidence that he has on this record, then it would have fallen flat. That's fair. I think it's also his lyrics. I think shine best in this as compared to the other ones that have come out so far in the discography. Uh, you really see a lot of his poeticism like grow in this album. 
Yeah, and you could just tell like that he's just more confident. Like, you know what I mean? Like he even reaches for just lyrics that are just like, what the fuck just happened? But like, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and just the tone of his voice is just like fits better with it. Like, I think that uh, like Aaron and Bryce like um, wrote the music a little bit better to Matt's voice, knowing what his range and what he can do mm-hmm. as a as a as a singer and songwriter. So, um yeah, I think, and then even the rhythm sections all built around Matt's voice on this one. Like, this is really the first one, the first push of like, the, we are the national. This is what we fucking do. Yeah, and like all of that like folksy stuff that you saw earlier on is kind of gone by now, uh, and you get like a lot more of that like lyrical stuff, a lot more harmonies and stuff like that they're working with or exploring. Yeah, I mean, I would call them an orchestral indie band. Yeah, that's, that's what that's what they kind of are at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, like, and what leads into like even their future releases is just they are an orchestral indie band. Um, what I like to describe to them too is like, is if they're Joy Division, if they were an indie band, yeah, like not not a post punk band, like just like the indie sound. That's what that's to me what what because uh, um, I feel like Ian Curtis and Matt Berenger have kind of the similar. Uh, lyric like lyrical delivery and lyrical uh, aspirations. Anyway, uh, I guess we should jump into uh, secret meeting. All right, sounds good. Yeah, so uh, great start to the record. Um, this is definitely one of the songs that I always come back to when I listen to this record, or like when I'm trying to like listen to this era of the National. Um, I love the song. Like I like the twinkly guitar. I like the way it's all put together. I like the lyricism of just uh, like I had a secret meeting in the basement of my brain. Um, he's kind of painting a picture of his thoughts, and I think that's really cool. Um, it just seems like a, a man who is conspiring with himself before taking in any, uh, outside help. I'm going to disagree with you. On which part? You like the song or the- I like the, the song. I like the song okay, quite a bit. Okay. I don't think this song is a good opener for the album. Okay. I don't fair. think it opens- Yeah, I think it would be a great song in the middle or even closer to the end. Uh, I'd argue that the second song on this album should have probably been the opener- uh, but we'll talk more about it when we get to it. Uh, but just focusing on this song, it is a really good song. I, I like the lyrics of it. I do like the tone of it. It's very fun in, in this more subdued way. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that this record is them starting to experiment with being subdued, but being being witty and cheeky in the subdued, which yeah. is hard to do and pull off. Yeah. But that's pretty much what the national is and has become (laughs) i'll also say guys excuse me if you guys hear some stuff going backwards and forwards uh it's snowing in baltimore right now and my dog's like zooming between windows checking out the snow (laughs) oh homer you crazy bastard yeah yeah loving loving Uh, the snow 
But yeah, I, I mean, to your point before, I will say that, uh, it, I mean, it's not their best opening track by any means on any album, but I do think that, it, it, I mean, it's a solid opener, but yeah, I could agree that Karen could be a, uh, a solid opener as well. So why don't we go on to Karen? Karen. can see your point of um it being uh uh you know the opener to the record i mean it kind of the piano is similar to something like on like fake empire which is on uh boxer as an opener there so i can see that um but uh i think this song is very tongue-in-cheek yeah like ridiculous <laughs> almost like for instance you have the line it's a common fetish from a doting man to a ballerina on the coffee table cock in hand that's just like a lot of fun wordplay on this on this song uh, it's, i i think this is a good song because it, it, it just opened the album it's a great song in the album in general like one of my favorites if not my favorite one we'll get to that in the end uh but yeah it's, exactly it's a it's a really good song it it has like an interesting chord progression to it that I think like is captivating and kind of like throw back to like some of the like a little bit more experimental stuff, uh, but it kind of sets the tone for what you're gonna hear in this album. And then it's it, it's fun and and tonally serious at the same time. So I think it would have made a perfect opener for the album. But you know what? Still, as number two, it's it's a great song and uh, definitely. Yeah, no, its I, I I agree with you there. I, I can't. I mean, this is definitely one of my favorite tracks on the record. Um, but like I said, like you said, we'll discuss that after the, after the, we talk about the whole album, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's a high point for the record. Um, I think it's maybe because it was, they wanted to bury it a little bit because it is such a good track. I don't know, but I don't know why they would open with secret meaning instead of that one, but I guess whatever. So let's go on to a uh, little. song just builds and it's just pretty pretty rad <laughs> like it's like just like builds and it's a, like to a nice triumphant explosion um i think that it's pretty solid song um yeah I, I don't know what are your feelings about the story on this song um so just go back to like the the before we get into the story the the actual song itself i like that it builds 
And a lot of the other songs in this album kind of like have higher energies. So it's nice to kind of go from those two kind of like slower songs and kind of have a song that builds energy. And then it also lets you know that a lot of the later parts of the album will have like energy to them. Yeah, exactly. So but do you want to break yeah, down the I story for it? What? Sorry. Continue. I was gonna say, um, uh, well, I think that the, 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 just sonically speaking, th- this record is pretty balanced with like slow tracks and 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 like faster, quote unquote, like you know, faster tracks. So I think it's um, it, it, it like you just said, it, it it's a nice it's a nice uh, sonic balance. Um, getting back to the story, what were your thoughts? Okay, so I I think it's a fun story. I think it's not fun. It's well told. Yeah, because it sounds like it's just like a night of fucked up, like, yeah, and then just like lean into like the bad time and the bad people around mm-hmm. you and just get fucking drunk as fuck. Yep. I think a lot of these, um, the songs in this album as well have stories, but uh, Matt Berninger is not uh, like a, he doesn't tell you the story. He kind of shows you a snippet of it. And, like, lets you interpret it and extrapolate it and, like, figure it out on your own. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, and this is the one thing that the National, I think, is very good at, which is just that they, um, like, they tell you a story and you kind of get the feeling at the – even if you don't know the story, you understand the feeling of what the story is supposed to convey. And he'll give, like, hyper-specifics. Like, I think in this song there's the – you wear a skirt like a flag or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like all like very hyper specific stuff, but it's not really like, <laughs> is it important to the plot? No, but it, like, it does it add this like imagery in your head. Yes. It's, so then you have a feeling and imagery. So you can almost mm-hmm. make your own story of it. It's like someone remembering something and like getting emotional and like, like being like, Oh, and, and she was wearing that shirt and, and whatever. And you're like, but that's not part of the story. And you're like, but she was wearing that shirt and it's like bugging you still. That's yeah, how he kind of exactly. tells the story. Like there's a lot of emotion tied up to it. And that shows itself in those details rather than in his telling of the story. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that this type of nights out and very hyper, um, uh, stylized lyrics like with like very minute details are very rampant throughout this whole record so all right, all right uh why don't we uh look for some astronauts see you mock me when i do those transitions and then you go fuck it okay looking for astronauts we're out looking for astronauts looking for I don't love this one as much. The only reason I don't love this one is because I just don't understand what the fuck the song like is about. I mean, it's like catchy and I keep saying looking for astronauts in my head, but like it does not, 
I, I really don't know, but I don't know. It I might do have like, like a stargazy tw- element to it, like you know, just like yeah, the twinkly the guitar and... is nice, and I think that that adds to the nighttime scene. Uh-huh. But like, and I don't know what the fuck medium size. Like my, I'm uh, you're always a part of my American medium sized heart. I don't know what that means. I the, the track in itself just uh, this is one of those I don't know, but it definitely feels like a nighttime scene. But I don't know what the hell is going on. Well, quickly, the internet says it's basically about his marriage. Uh... And they were, or his his wife before they were married, and how they were breaking up because uh, something about them looking for astronauts and not appreciating one one of each other instead. Ah, uh, that's fair. They seem like very too idealized people, so um, maybe then I feel like that clashes. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, again, so the reason I don't like this song is because I feel like it's too repetitive and. Um, I've gotten shit from this from the Death Cap people in the last season. I think I'm going to get shit from the National people again. But, like, the songs that I feel like are going nowhere except in circles annoy me. Uh, I mean, I, I, I will say this is by no means, like, my favorite track or anything. I just think it's a solid filler track. So, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I get your feeling about it. I, I don't think it's, like, my favorite song on this album, but it's it's not too bad. All so, right. all right. Daughters, Daughters of the, the Soho Nights. your good clothes in the car so cut your hair so no one knows i have your dreams and your teeth marks all my fingernails are painted i'm here to take you now you were right about the end it didn't make a difference Everything I can remember, I remember wrong Daughters of the Soho Riots. That's a great song. That's a really good song. It's just like nice, slow, good story, good like imagery painting. It's It works so well. Yeah, no, I, I, I think this, this song... Um, brings you back to like very uh like a story that's very concrete you understand what's going on it's a beautiful scenery of things um i mean i particularly like the line break my arms around the one i love lose yourself and like it's almost like you lose yourself in the brush kind of deal which i think is pretty cool mm-hmm. some of the lyrics lose yourself to the music the moment yeah so yeah, no, I think and like the finger picking with the like in the beginning combined with like the light low low tom sounds are really nice. Uh huh. Why? What are you smiling about? Nothing. You're making you're making smile. What is Homer doing? Nothing. All right. Um. You know what, Justin? Um. I'm sorry for everything. Oh God. Maybe we'll oh, be fine. Without warning and go flying around the house 
Maybe we'll be fine. You're gross, by the way. That was a really gross uh, lead into the song. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it just sounds this track's just despair for a huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this one repeats a lot. You should hate it, but clearly you don't. Uh, I, I don't I don't love this song. I don't hate it. I think it's a good song off the album. It's just kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, I just find it funny because uh, also the phrase that's repeats in the song a lot is I'm sorry for everything, which is something we sometimes repeat to each other in, in, in jest. This is fair. Yes. So. So it's just um, it's, it's a funny term that came from our like personal lives that have split into the podcast now. Yeah, exactly. So, sorry for everything. I'm sorry for everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I, I think this song is pretty good. I don't think it's it's nothing to write home about, but I think it, I think it's better than uh, the definitely looking for astronauts. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think it it adds a little bit more of a fast pace after daughters. So yeah, it kind of uh, like maybe one of the only ones that really for me has like a little bit of that folksiness still in it. Yeah, this is the only one that I think has it, but it still has experimentation in it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think you don't hear it as much. Yeah. So, because I, I mean, the folk notes are still throughout the records, but it's definitely like subdued and like more of the song structure folk is there, but yeah. then they add an indie element it's over it. It's transformed, I'll say. Like, it, it's definitely yeah. the, you can, you can see where it came from and it came from folk, but it's definitely not there anymore. Like, this wouldn't be considered yeah. folk. Exactly. So, um, all right, friend of mine, well, let's move on to friend of mine. Yeah. Hey, where the hell are you? Just don't call me back, John. Won't you come here and stay with me? Why don't you come here and stay with me? Hey, where the hell are you? Just don't call me back, John. Won't you come here and stay with me? Why don't you come here and stay with me? Show up here loaded with bells on Friend of mine. Yeah, um, I like the way that the the track starts with like a distanced vocal uh-huh. on it. You know what I mean? I think that adds to the track. But um, it's just see, I, I the chorus to the song is very addicting for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, like I'm going no 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 like like I was like damn it. <laughs> um, so I'll say this is when um, so I think their previous albums are mostly about probably a male female relationship either gone bad or about to go bad or starting but you can already see where it's going to go that kind of thing is is really where he mostly has focused so far and i think at this point in the albums where he kind of transitions into not all the songs in this that come after this but like he starts to introduce this like other relationship this is about him and a friend there like later we'll have a song about him and his brother or something like that and um, yeah, but I also I also feel like you're getting a lot of like more of like his war with himself. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Whereas like it seems like a lot of these like in the past, like the first two records, it's more like war between a partner. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whereas like this is a war of anxiety, especially on this track. This just sounds like I'm reaching out because I'm having an anxiety attack and I need help. Um I don't know what I can't come up with any funny way to say Val Jester, so Val Jester. <laughs> so underwhelming. <laughs> Build a fire 
for them just to build a room for your love. Take your time when you tell them how she lives in your blood. You should have looked after her. Jester. Uh, I don't. Uh, so I like the song. I just don't understand why the most important people in New York are nineteen. <laughs> just curious. I, I, I think it's uh, like when you're nineteen. That's he was not nineteen when he wrote the song. So I don't understand. Is it no, because no, no, they're no, so no. self-involved? Uh, is it, like, isn't this the song like that's supposed to be like to a like a nineteen year old daughter or something? I guess, but he does not have a nineteen year old daughter, so I don't know. He doesn't have one, but the character in the song, you know, he's I mean, allowed to write about uh, pe- other like experiences other than the ones he directly has. I mean, that's fair, but I'm just just saying. I just think it's a weird line. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I feel like the violin on this, like this, if any song's carried by like the strings. This song is definitely carried by the strings on this track. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a good song. It's not my favorite on the album. I think it's kind of slow. Kind of doesn't like move in an interesting enough direction for me. But I, I think it's it's okay. Fall somewhere. In, in uh, the by the way, uh, to our listeners, uh, you can tell when Ali doesn't like a song or whatever when he literally has nothing to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, going into George's favorite song, All the Wine. I'm put together beautifully. Big wet bottle in my fist. Big wet rose in my teeth. I'm a perfect piece of ice. I'm a perfect piece of ass. We've already talked about this song, All the Wine. It's great. We all unanimously loved it last time. I think we all still unanimously Yeah, but I actually have something to say that I didn't say last time. (gasps) So this is the first time, this is probably the first national song I ever heard. And uh, the reason I remember, the reason it's probably the first national song I ever heard is because it was included in the Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist soundtrack. Oh, ain't that some shit. You do not want to talk about the song, so we'll go to the next one. No, it's just uh, okay, cool. Abel! the mics and now like i need to uh, like fucking tone that down when i edit this that's gonna hurt everyone's ears (laughs) jesus
I will say explosive start to the song. Um, I like the song a lot. I think it builds off of the uh, um, up-tempo-ness that you get on all the wine. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, if any track screams anxiety, this is the one. <laughs> yeah, this is a really good song. This is not a song I expected from this album because, like, you know, it kind of comes out of nowhere, but it, like... It works very well. I enjoy it a lot. It might not be the right song for this album. I won't argue that or against that. Uh, I will say it's a great song. It's very fun. It's for those of you who don't know your Bible that well. Uh, it, it's uh, the story of Cain and Abel uh, told from the perspective of Cain, which I think is an interesting perspective to be Cain and then also like be screaming, my mind's not right. And I don't know if that's supposed to be Abel saying his mind's not right, or if that's Cain also suffering from <laughs> from uh, de- de- debilitating anxiety and, and sadness. Well, like uh, supposedly, yeah, I guess <laughs> it fits. Anyway, it's it's a great, it's one of the best I mean, stories in that book. Heaviest, this is definitely the heaviest national song, I think. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I, I like it a lot. It works very well for me. It's it's uh, it was refreshing to have it on there, to say the least. Yeah, you, you did not like me screening the vocals on it. Yeah, he can do it. That's fine. That's why he gets paid the money. You, t- please don't, ever. Why not? I, I, the geese of Beverly Road. <laughs> strings on this song are very interesting mm-hmm. i think the way that, i like the way that they put um compose them together um but yeah I, I i like the imagery that the song provokes of just like walking amongst the night and trying not to set off a natural alarm clock yeah it's um i really like what i really like about the song is it's kind of like this weird um like love letter to the location they're in which i think is in brooklyn but um yeah it's it's very interesting and beautiful and the the music of it is just very nice and soothing and quiet which is like a very sharp turn after Abel. Yeah, exactly. So I think we we've went we we've come down real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh all in all I think it's a very good song. I think uh I like this the scene it paints. There's no real hyper realistic like details but like this is painted with a broad stroke whereas like i feel like in the next track it's very much just a puzzle piece of just these hyper realistic like um details well let's just jump to the next track then city middle karen take me to the nearest famous city middle where they hang the legs where it's random and it's common versus common la 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 karen take me to the nearest famous city middle where they hang the legs 
it's random and it's common versus common. La la la. I got 520 and I got a ton of great ideas. I'm really worked up. I'm on a good city middle. Yeah, I mean, like, this is definitely just a night out with his wife, Karen. Yeah. Well, then so Karen girlfriend. comes back from er- earlier in the album. Yeah, so I also don't understand why he spells his name, her name so many different ways. Like, different. Um, where else does he spell her name? Because Karen in the liquor store is Karen. Oh, okay. But it's spelled with a C. I think her C-A-R-R-I. real name is with a C, and, like, he did, like, a... Yeah. A weird, I'm going to do it with a K in this album. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like this song a lot. I think it's a fun little outro track. Um, this could have been the last song on the record, in my opinion. Uh, I won't disagree with that. Um, I don't disagree with this placement. If you're not going to put it last, this is the better placement for it. Um, if it's going to be not be last, but I think that the song could have been last. And it would have been a nice note. I I think it would have been last because of my feelings about the next song in general. But let's just jump to that, and then we can wrap up. Wow, you're like that much of an asshole that you hate the 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 only song they probably play off Alligator now. Okay, Mr. November. Yeah. Anyway. Fuck you. This is a very good song. I'm sorry. They, play it, they play it live and it's awesome. Oh, they play it live so people can get bored while they're watching them live too. But I'm uh, Mr. November. I won't fuck us over. Great. That's such a brilliant line. I'm Mr. November. I won't. We're talking about how genius his lines are all throughout this album and then he ends with that. Yeah, but it's it, coming from a place of being um, fucking up for so many years and you're just like you know what I'm gonna come and clutch this time that's what the song's about and that's awesome and I resonate with that um I will say good for you for resonating with it and I do not uh you're stupid <laughs> anyway okay. uh I so, guess coming off of that let's do favorites and sure. least favorites um favorite I will say is probably Karen um least favorite is probably I don't know. I'm, I might say looking for astronauts, or I might say uh, this one, Mr. November. Uh, you're stupid. This one you're definitely going to get shit for, by the way. Um, ah, bring by the it way, on. For, for, lis- for listeners that um, that uh, just started listening in the national season, um, Ali used to get shit from all the time, the Death Cab fans, from the first season, because yeah. he would literally just shit on all the big songs. So if you guys have likes. any problems with anything I said in this episode, please, at Justin Tachi on Instagram, just send your, all of your hate and shit there. <laughs> at Justin Tachi on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Just find uh, at Justin Tachi on Instagram and dump all of your feelings there. and That's definitely where I'll read it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, favorite track for me is Karen, um, followed by Close Second, Mr. November. Uh, least favorite track. Um, it's probably looking for astronauts. 
That's fair. Or, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Astro. Yeah, that's probably my least favorite track. It's by no means a bad song, but I don't think it really carries much weight with me. So so uh, at the end of our runs, usually we're, we we sit down and we rank all of the albums. So I really won't like put this in the larger context of the national yet. Uh, but I will say, um, while this is a gr- good album, it's a very strong album. Um, to me, it doesn't hit as high as the national could hit and it also doesn't hit like any of the terrible lows that some of their other songs could hit like there's no sugar wife on here <laughs> someone did agree with you that sugar wife is a terrible song i did not see that and god bless that listener you're my favorite person on the internet <laughs> yeah they like I, I think i answered the email and um uh yeah, because they told they brought up a bunch of seven inches that we should talk about. So uh, we'll probably go over a bunch of those uh, singles at some point because um, they do a lot of uh, benefit songs, mm-hmm. like um, and also songs for uh, movies that are not necessarily really well known. So oh, do well, they do a song for Twilight? For no, they do not. So just Death like Cab did that. Yeah. And notice how we still have not done the Twilight. We're episode. going to do. I think we should definitely do a Twilight episode and then a maybe Mistaken for Strangers episode. I mean, I'm down to do a Mistaken for Strangers episode. Yeah, tip for tap. Twilight. First, we'll do the Twilight episode and then we'll do that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, I I think this is the start, or this is the the Hobbit. You know, I I came up with I didn't need. The, I'm very proud of myself for coming up with that Lord of the Rings um, analogy. I'm very proud of that. This is the Hobbit of the, of the National. All right, fair enough. Um, so uh, I guess uh, let's wrap up. Uh, what have you been listening to, Justin? Uh, what have I been listening to? Um, well, I'm going to see Thursday on uh, March Thursday. 9th and 10th in Boston. They are playing Full Collapse and War All Time. So I am re-listening to those records after a couple of years of not listening to them. Um, it is bringing me back to the high school days. It is. Uh, I feel very in tune with my <sighs> Jersey scene days. Um what else am I listening to? Uh, I mean, Better Oblivion Community Center is just still on repeat. Definitely top top record. Um, so rumor has it, just saying. Um, also, love the new Ariana Grande album. Thank you, next. Um, rumor has it that maybe me and George might record an episode and put it as a bonus, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much it. All right. Um, I'm still mostly listening to, uh, or like exclusively, actually, other than the national, listening to African American artists for the rest of the month. So, how's Bad Brains? Um, oh, right. You recommended Bad Brains in the last episode. I listened to Bad Brains. Not for me. I think I don't think I'm a hardcore kid. It did kind of put me the throw through the hole of like listening to like African American metal artists because I'm more of a metal guy than a hardcore guy. That's fair. Um, so, uh, what were they like uh, straight line stitch and like what about living color or something and just like cult of personality. <laughs> but anyway, um, I listened to uh, Saba's album. Saba's great, and his song "Prom Slash King" is about the death of his cousin Walter, and it is very, 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 very good. Uh, for some reason, uh, Macy Gray's song. 
I try is like stuck in my head. That's fair. Uh, what uh, a song from a black artist that has been stuck in my head is uh, "Dance with My Father" by Luther Vandross. Mm, good one. That's a good one. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a tearful song. Yeah. Um, also, uh, um, our our previous roommate slash friend, not previous friend, current friend, previous roommate, uh, Sebastian sent me. I'm gonna say uh, the name was Angie Mile, but I might be wrong, uh, which ended up being a good recommendation from him. It's surprising that he hasn't been on the show at all, because he's our friend who's, like, maybe most into music out of everyone. That is fair. I would say that, and he's also the most musically talented at all. Oh, 100%. To, yes. be, fa- to be fair, not saying much, but he actually is very talented. <laughs> we don't do music at all. He does it, and he's talented. So, yeah. shout out to friend of the pod and friend of life. Not um, friend of the pod, though. He hasn't been on the pod. Yeah, but he listens to the pod every fucking day. Yeah, he does. Oh, you know what? He was actually in our unaired pilot, if you remember that. We recorded an episode when we were coming up with the concept of the show originally. And while the audio wasn't great, we were just doing it for practice. And he came in in the middle of it and recorded a part and left. And we were going to release that and then never ended up doing that so he so, never so we're gonna sure. release like a demo seven seven inch or something maybe yeah have <laughs> that has him on it i'm sure he'd love that <laughs> he also moved out of the apartment where we were living with him like a few weeks into us starting the show that is fair so. we like started in may and he left like later may <laughs> yeah so uh sebastian we love you come on the show at some point <laughs> yeah no i think it'd be good to have him on the show um what was i gonna say uh yeah i mean as always if you uh please follow and uh talk to us through our twitter and instagram at at the facts pod um please subscribe to the show um please don't just download the episodes it really helps the show if you actually subscribe and you will automatically have the episodes come to you and downloaded um also please reach out to us via uh the gmail if you just have any questions or want to talk um yeah especially with this whole weird political climate that we're in right now we have with, the pa- uh, we have pretty the much everyone at gmail.com just to remind people yeah, well, I was about to go into that, but um, I, I don't know. You were yeah. rambling. You ramble sometimes, buddy. I just sometimes need to rein it back in. I, I'm talking about how that everyone's running for president, and it feels like uh, maybe even Ali will run for president. Because why not? Uh, first of all, not an American citizen, so I cannot run for president. What am I, Ted Cruz? <laughs> you burnt Cruz. You burnt Zodiac killer. Take that. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Ali, son of the Zodiac killer. <laughs> But we don't know that. He couldn't straight up be the Zodiac killer. I, I don't I don't know him that well. Uh, but apparently he does want uh, fucking uh, El Chapo to pay for the wall. Because, you know, he's the only one that uh, who can actually fund this fucking wall. So um, we're, we're going to do sexual abuse and politics in the same episode. This is us now. Is this what we do? <laughs> you remember uh, when we talked really about Spider-Man for 40 friend. minutes? You remember that? Well, I feel like we really need to turn the podcast. We need to we need to pivot. We're pivoting right now. <laughs> so we're becoming we're becoming the daily, like <laughs> like the, the New York Times the Daily with with the national. Cool, cool, cool. We did a serial parody now. I think we've just transitioned to a daily parody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm Michael Barbaro. <laughs> but Donald Trump is. does not want you to know about the national. <laughs> 
I need to get those small little ridiculous glasses that he has. <laughs> uh, what uh, what song do you want to end with? Oh, uh, do you have something or should we end with something of mine? I mean, you've been listening to a lot of New Age stuff. I, I mean, I was just going to suggest we do a, uh, a Thursday song. Uh, do you have one in mind? Yeah, I can do uh, War All the Time. All right, let's do that. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, join us next week where you'll hear us hear you hear something else. Uh, probably Boxer. Uh, all right, love you guys. Bye. Stand on the edge of the Palisades cliffs In the shadow of the sky Very far away The lightning rod that couldn't pull the storm from me I was five years old My best friend's older brother died He fell from these cliffs The river washed him away. the current